Welcome to the Fireside Chat, presented by Rotographs and Pitcherlist. Sit back, relax, and enjoy Paul Spore and Nick Pollock. Hello, and welcome to episode No Feet Sleeper in the Bus. It is Thursday, June 24th, and it's a Fireside Chat, which means I'm your host, Paul Spore, joined by the wonderful, excellent, and good looking Nick Pollock. All right, get out of here. What is hey. happening? Ah, uh, it's a Fireside! Back by the fire, you know, we're in these lovely robes, these fantastic armchairs. We can feel the crackling, the warmth. We got our cognac. Fire and yes, oh, absolutely cognac. And yeah, we're gonna we're gonna talk about some pictures today. I love this. Yeah, we got a great topic uh, that you came up with. Take a look at guys that are rostered in twenty five percent or fewer of leagues, according to Fantasy Pros, which focuses on Yahoo and um, uh, ESPN leagues. So they're gonna be shower leagues, widely available guys. And find some folks that could be 50% rostered in the near future. I don't think we put an exact time limit on that. But at some point, you know, within the next, what, four to six weeks type of deal, yeah, month like month that. to month and a half. Basically, guys that we're trying to buy low on uh, or buy them at, at the ground floor level to hopefully watch them have a summer surge. So we ended up coming with a bu- coming up with a bunch of guys. We did pick two apiece, but we got a few passing mentions. And we have a joint pick. And we joint. knew that each other was going to be eyeing that guy. So we have to bring him up because my, my love for this guy, I always, first thing I say, Nick Pollock put me on him. And I'm still saying that even all these years later, Nick Pollock put me on Pablo Sandoval. Uh, uh, Patrick uh, Sandoval. I know me. it's hard not I to do it all the time. That. I do it this all the is, time. This is why he's the Irish Panada. Yeah, Patrick, exactly. It's the, the Panada because I actually went live with the roundup accidentally saying Panada instead and you of put Panada. Panada instead of Panda. And now all of a sudden he's the Irish Panada. Now we've gone one level deeper for Patrick Sandoval, but he, yeah, the guy is just killing it. Yeah, he, he really is. And um, I think he absolutely has to be somebody that we consider here. Uh, like I said, pitch, uh, uh, excuse me, a pitching, well, what would you call it? A presentation, I should say, at mm. Baseball HQ a couple of years ago, you were highlighting pitchers that were, you know, hey, keep an eye on this guy. You might want him. And Sandoval was somebody that you put a big highlight under. And I was like, I'm not really familiar with this guy. Did my own offseason study. I said, I'm in. I'm in. Nick's got me on this train. I'm in. And, you know, you veered a little bit uh, because he was not doing the things that you were loving as much uh, in the 2020 season. Um, and he was struggling. I, you know, 32 and 36 and two thirds. He was not very good. So he kind of fall, falls off the radar this year, Nick, there are some major changes with the Panada. So why don't you give us a rundown of what uh, Patrick Sandoval is doing to find some success recently and why he could be a 50% or higher roster rate here in the near future. It is ridiculous. I think the uh, the mention I had in uh, First Pitch Arizona on Patrick Sandoval was his CSW rates in the zone at the time. I think he was like seventh in the majors or in, in the final two months or something like that, which is really, really shocking for someone that no one you know cares about. Mm-hmm. But now, all of a sudden, Patrick Sandoval had 32 whiffs on June 6th against the Mariners. And you're going to say, ha it's the Mariners. Well, no pitcher in the majors this season has 30 whiffs outside of Patrick Sandoval in one game. It wow. was ridiculous. I, I just, I, I'm amazed by this, and it really is fueled by the changeup. Uh, it's a 39% CSW, but a 34% swing strike rate. He throws it over a third of the time. Its zone that, rate is 35%, which is so low, and it's that effective. That's the key, though. Let me, let me jump in on that real quick. Oh, yeah. 
33% thrown on the changeup. Yeah. He is embracing the the kind of new method of, do you have a best pitch and maybe it's not a fastball? Don't care, just use it. And that's something that we see guys do more and more with, with breaking balls. Sliders, I think, have been probably the biggest one where guys say, I'm just going to start throwing it 40% of the time. Why not? So he's leading out with the changeup. It's not his most thrown. The fastball is still more thrown. But at 33 34%, that's the highest of his career. And it's it's yielding a lot of results. Definitely. And it really did come to light in that start against Seattle because the previous one for Sandoval against Oakland, it wasn't really that great. He threw it 29 times for just 24% CSW. wasn't that effective. And yeah, really took that leap in Seattle on the starts after. I mean, then he had 10 whiffs with the pitch against Arizona, then seven against Detroit, while the slider has also been this really effective pitch for him. Believe it or not, it has a higher CSW than the changeup at 40.5% thus far. Really good swing strike rate near 22%, 19% called strike rate for that slider. He only throws it 12% of the time, though. I was going to say, does he need to get on that more then and peel? I think so. Peel some of those fastballs off, throw them into the slider, because neither fastball is particularly good. He he does throw a distinct four-seamer and sinker, and they're in and out. You you can find good. good. Yeah, but, uh, well, yeah, well, you know what? I won't even soft pedal. They're not good. You're right. You're right. No, like you you can find a decent fastball thrown by anybody if you you funnel through enough pitches, but you're right consistently they are not good for him so peel back some of that 44 percent rate i'd like to see him shave 10 points off maybe throw a couple more points in the changeup, and then seven to ten points extra into the slider i feel like that's a that's something that could work for sandoval definitely could it's it's a delicate balance right because when the the fastball works it's because it's getting called strikes and because of that low zone rate on the changeup, sandoval just can't throw that all the time they'll just they'll just spit on that all day I mean, yes, Degrom has kind of showcased that that is not necessarily true. But then again, if you're he's on Degrom a stuff, bit of a different yeah. level, yeah, <laughs> exactly. So, I mean, if he is moving away from the fastball, it would suggest to me that it's more sliders. So, if he can get that slider in the zone with uh, that kind of consistency that he has now, which is over a fifty percent zone rate, I think that can work. That can actually be more of the ticket to sustain success uh, for Sandoval than take advantage of Detroit, Arizona, and Seattle. Mm-hmm. So, we haven't quite had that test against the real strong offense yet uh, in, since his renaissance of those 32 whiffs and yes I do want a shirt that just reads 32 whiffs uh, and I think that just be <laughs> so great oh. could you get in like an angels font yeah right something That'd like be that kind of cool a, maybe a panada font I don't know I'll or like a halo <laughs> over the 32 something yeah, like oh, that that's nice yeah I like that um but uh like, but yeah I'm with but that. Patrick Sandoval could be on that verge now of utilizing that nasty secondary stuff a lot more, as you mentioned, and taking that step into really just being on all fantasy teams, or at least a fantasy team in every league. Yes, I agree. And he gets uh, he gets tripped to Tampa Bay this weekend, which will be a good matchup. That's oh, probably right. one of the better ones that he's faced. And then Baltimore next week, which is not particularly difficult because it's also at home and not in Camden. You got to be careful going to Camden these days Yes, in the summer. I- but right now, it's okay. I will mention the the Orioles are surprisingly really good against lefties. I uh, oh they are. I think last time I checked, they were third in WRC plus as a, against lefties. Then maybe that is a good challenge. Yeah, that should be good. I mean, the changeup though should is just so debilitating to right-handers. So we'll we'll see what happens there. That should be a fun one.
yeah, and I, I hope that he's able to uh, to steam steamroll through both of those because it's been great seeing Sandoval surge. Oh, yeah. All right, so that's our joint pick. Let's get into our two picks apiece. But first, we have a few passing mentions that we just want to give some guys out there that we didn't quite put them on our list, but we were thinking about them. So why don't you give me a couple guys that you were looking at here, and then I'll throw in a couple as well, and then we'll get into our set picks. There are so many fun ones. Okay, uh, I mean, Sam Long or Sammy Long. I don't know which one I'm supposed to call him yet. It, it, depending on which site you go to, he's Sammy or Sam. So Slong. Slong. Slong from the Giants uh, started oh out. It, now, he started out in a relief role, right? He had like a four-inning relief stint. That was enough to drive a lot of interest in the NFBC right. leagues. That next Sunday, he was a hot-ticket item, and he's been holding up pretty nicely since. So give us some ideas about uh, Slong and why we should be paying attention to him. Uh, slong on sports. Sorry, Sarah Langs. Uh, but uh, <laughs> But uh, but yeah, Sam Long essentially came in as you know, had an opener in that start against Texas. Came in for four innings after that, threw just under seventy pitches for seven strikeouts in four innings, which is really really cool. And that curveball is everything, right? I couldn't really tell in that game because it was in Texas how good the the curveball was. Bad angle. It's the worst angle. I mean, it's not the yeah. worst, but it's you pretty gonna, terrible. Wait, are you gonna rank angles now. again soon? Uh, I think we are. Uh, ben Brown, our gift manager, who's is more qualified than me at this point um, to do that, I think is putting I in look, an update. I look so. forward to seeing it. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah. Um, I think that comes down to the All-Star break, if it hasn't already. Anyway, I uh, yeah, so Sam Long pitched there. Couldn't really see the full depth of the curveball, but given the swings of everybody, it did look like it was you know doing some damage. And yeah, that's really been the pitch in his most recent outing against the Phillies. Six strikeouts, two in runs, six, uh, six innings, a curveball, 42% CSW, as he didn't get the same amount of whiffs, just five out of 33, but nine called strikes along the way. So he's getting effective strikes with the curveball. The question I really have is, is the changeup, and that's not very good, and the fastball's good enough, maybe. But if you can just keep pushing that curveball usage, that could be good. Um, I realize you just spent a lot of time on my passing guy, and I'm so sorry. That's fine, but where, where are you at on on the Giants? Are they in a spot right now where when they bring somebody into focus, you're, you're ready to give them some attention just based on it being the Giants? At least, you know, the way we treat some other teams, like I think Cleveland, Cincinnati, Tampa Bay, there's certain organizations where they get a little attention right away because the Giants have had these great reclamation projects of older guys that are broken down. This is a younger-ish guy. He's a 26-year-old prospect, so a little bit at the tail end of prospect dump. But he comes from Tampa Bay, interestingly enough. They have a great park. But they also have some good pitching development. So do they automatically get some attention there or maybe not with the Giants? I, I, I'm in between on them, so I don't know what the answer is personally. Yeah, I, I, I've i heard this a good amount. I mean, the, the case is like, look, Kevin Gaussman came in and had his amazing 2020 and that stuck around. You have Anthony Descafani, who had a tough season again in or for Cincinnati in 2020, but actually was successful in 2019. The, the Giants season that opportunity on a buy low, essentially, on Tony Disco, and he's certainly done well this season. And mm-hmm. then Alex Wood developed a new slider at the end of last year that has been carrying over into this one. Actually, the last four starts or so, it's not. Uh, so I don't know yeah, how long that one a, is going to last. He has but, hit a low. Uh, right. Um, so I'm not, I'm not totally sold that San Francisco is all of a sudden this new you know, breeding ground for uh, redemption and, and development. But uh, maybe, maybe, I mean, maybe they're saying, look, your secondary stuff is really good. We like throwing secondaries. Look at Gaussman, look at Wood, look at Descafani. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we embrace it. Uh, and uh, Sammy Long, I mean, as long as he throws that curveball over 40% of the time, I mean, there could be some stuff there. We're going for it. Okay. Uh, who else did you have uh, as a passing mention? Uh, 
I'll, I'll give the fun one. The most, the really fun one to me uh, is someone that I, I think a lot of people won't really know, and I only know him because I had to write about him one day. And it's Kyle Muller, mm-hmm. uh, lefty for the Braves. And considering the fact that Atlanta doesn't have a fifth starter right now. Uh, they sent him back down, but I imagine he'll be coming back up. We don't even know. He could just still be in the minors the rest of the way and whatever. But Kyle Muller surprised me in that one game against the Mets. Uh, he walked the first batter. He allowed one hit, which was a pop-up between the center fielder and second baseman that fell in for a double that they should have caught. And yeah, then there was an intentional sure. walk. And that was all of the base runners he allowed. Wow. Which is kind of nuts. Uh, and we like that. Hard, hard from the left side. Um, two good secondary pitches uh, in a slider and a curveball. I think there's something here that could be attainable uh, moving forward if he does get fully stretched out. And he, you know, it was about 60 pitches in that game, so maybe that could happen. So don't completely panic on them sending him out. Uh, he was set up for a two-step where he could have pitched on the weekend, but it looks like they're going to go ahead and go with a bullpen game in that one but keep an eye on kyle muller this could be their third kind of pop-up guy this year oscar Noah hurt himself by being a doofus and punching a wall and then tucker davidson just got hurt by pitching you know standard standard issue injuries uh but you know both those guys were doing well and i'm not saying that their success means muller will also be successful but the Braves do have a lot of good pitching. And between the two Kyles that they have, Kyle Wright and Kyle Muller, you got to go Muller over Wright. I'm, I'm completely out on Wright. So uh, I'm with oh, you yeah. there. Yeah. And then uh, right, you're right is Kyle, too, if you're a South Park. Yeah, I, I, absolutely. And then uh, your last mention is somebody that I was going to get there, too, because I, I really like it, the raw talent. So tell us about Luis Patino and what he could do this year and what you think the Rays will do with him. Because that's the reason that I didn't make him a full pick was just because of the uncertainty of role. Yeah, oh, absolutely. And that, and that makes a lot of sense. Uh, here's the thing. The current Rays rotation is Yarbrough, uh, the Friday Pirate. Of Friday course. Pirate. Uh, <laughs> Rich Hill. Uh, by the way, if you, did you hear Yarbrough say his name on the pronunciation? Have no. Have you seen this? Oh, my God. I have or to do see yourself it. a favor. Look up the, and everybody listen, go to the uh, the Rays page for their name pronunciations. Okay. It's Ryan Yarbrough doing his best Ron Burgundy impression. Oh, I can't it wait. Is, it's amazing. He essentially asks, it's a question, Ryan Yarbrough? Bro? And I want to scream back, no, it's the Fratty Pirate. But anyway. <laughs> yeah, you are the Fratty Pirate. <laughs> Yarbrough. Um, it's amazing. I uh, Listen to that. But then outside of that, Yarbrough and Hill, then it's Michael Waka right now, and then Josh Fleming and Shane McClanahan. Yeah. And you think of that, and you think, okay, there's something that's going to crack here in some fashion. And there will be a time that the Rays, a very competitive team in the American League, are going to need another starter that they can trust. Coutinho is getting stretched out right now uh, in AAA. He's doing well. Uh, I I could imagine the Rays calling him up as soon as his next possible start even. Mm -hmm. It's just something that feels... You know, ready to happen. Uh, last two games have been five innings each inside AAA with 12 strikeouts total and two walks. We love no that. No runs in those two games. It, it just feels like, yeah, Patino at some point will get the call here and he could be going five plus innings pretty quickly for them. And, uh, and for my uh, for my NFC, NFBC brethren, Patino is somebody who was probably drafted to the point where, because if you're a prospect um, and you haven't appeared in the majors, actually he has appeared in the majors, right? So he should be available. Basically bottom line is he should be available um, that you can jump on him early and get him for a few bucks instead of waiting for him to come up, have a good start and then cost a bunch of of money there. So keep an eye on Patino. I like that call out for sure. Anything else on Patino? 
Uh, it's just more that he's a fastball slider guy for the most part. Uh, the third mm-hmm. pitch is the struggle, so it really will rely on the the slider getting the same whiffs that it has right now. It's about a twenty percent swing strike rate this season. Uh, it's a ninety five mile per hour fastball, and we've seen Adbert Alzelay, Waskarino, I let's Freddie Peralta, Denilson Lamet. We've seen this work if quite a bit in a breaker, and that could work for Patino as well. Agreed. Absolutely agree there. Um, I have a couple. Go- well, actually, I think I just have one because we had the joint Patino right. and Sam Wong. But Taylor Widener, somebody that I'm keeping a close eye on in his rehab. Uh, he pitching for the Diamondbacks. He was pitching pretty well before he got hurt. Now, it's not an arm injury, which doesn't mean that it's like great. A groin injury is still concerning anything in the lower half. You get your power from the lower half, whether you're a hitter or a pitcher. So I don't want to uh, slough off a non-arm injury of like, well, that's great. It's better, but only in a slight context. But he was pitching very well before getting hurt. I saw some things from Widener that I was like, hey, I'm keeping a close eye on this. Um, He left that start early in Colorado, which maybe was for the better because it's Colorado. But unfortunately, (laughs) it led to an injury, which has kept him out for about a month. He is on his rehab right now. And I think Taylor Widener, even though he's a Diamondback, could be a little something there. Oh, speaking of Diamondbacks. Yes. Oh, I have to to let you mention (laughs) I have to. Oh, but it's so disappointing. Okay, fine. Caleb Smith, hey, do you know who that is? Have you heard of I him? I never before? heard of him. I never heard of him in his glorious <laughs> well, nine okay. starts. If you remember, yeah, if you remember us talking about those nine uh starts, it was all about velocity with him. Mm-hmm. Uh he, he had higher velocity in the beginning of 2019. Second half had the hip injury and wasn't the same. So we've actually seen both sides of this so far from Caleb Smith. We've seen starts over 92, which is what we want. We've seen starts under 91, which we don't want. Correct. The consistency, though, and sadly this is the case, is Caleb Smith doesn't have his secondaries yet. His slider and his changeup just have not been these with heavy pitches that they used to be. That's what got us excited about Caleb Smith. He just needed a good enough fastball to really set up the slider and changeup. They haven't clicked yet. So I didn't really want to make him my pick because at the moment, I don't really have the most confidence in Caleb Smith getting it together. But the fact is he's getting the opportunities and sometimes he's 92. Uh, maybe it does work out. Maybe a, maybe a streamer then. Yeah, exactly. So he doesn't quite hit that 50 threshold, which is the, the premise of this show. But maybe somebody that you can still look at as a potential streamer, maybe check, see how the team in question does against left-handers before you start him and maybe play it that way with Caleb Smith right now. He wasn't terrible against Milwaukee um, and he gets he actually gets a two start next week at hmm. St. Louis and home to San Francisco. Is that something you'd be interested in? Uh, if In your deeper leagues, maybe. But if I'm a standard 12-teamer, I think that he's just in a weird enough place that I'd avoid it. Cards are about mid-pack. They're 18th against lefties in Woba, and the Giants are ninth. Giants are a sneaky offense. you got to be careful. Oh, yeah, definitely. And I, I watched the game with uh, Smith yesterday against the Brewers, and I was <laughs> I had so much anxiety. I, I had to I had to pick him as a streamer pick yesterday. Uh, Obviously. And- well, no, I mean, it's just I do my rankings and I'm like, all right, who is the one that's under 20 percent owned? And it happened to be Smith. I was like, oh, God. And that was that was tough, man. He, he came up for the sixth and he wasn't he was not capable of the sixth. And he still that, now got that was the part that because we were keeping an eye on it. We were actually doing our, our discord watch party with Otani, Otani Gosman. Oh, yeah. And uh, but, you know, when it goes to commercial break, we'll bounce over to another game. And, and sure. Woodruff and uh, Smith had a battle going. And I was shook that Smith was coming back out for the sixth. But yeah. he got through it. Four walks, four hits, just one run, six strikeouts. But I, I hear you, and I, I really respect that you don't just blindly like stay with a guy because you you've liked him, and it's been like you know oh, almost like it. a meme thing at this point. But you also are honest about like, hey, 
be careful here because I don't want to send people down the wrong path and invest in somebody who has a blow up or two coming. Like he's a, to me, he's like a 440 ERA type of pitcher, which I mean, has value in some deeper leagues, but uh, you know, not in 12s. I just don't know what he is in, in two months or so. I mean, right now it's a struggle. And even if the next start, he did everything right. It's like, okay, I'm trying as best I can to follow the rule of three of the first start is a suggestion. Sorry, an exception. The second one is a suggestion. The third one is a confirmation, right? Yes. I've heard you talk so, about that on, on the corner. And I, I like that too. So, I mean, I hope that he gets there in time, but I, I have my, you know, skepticism. Yeah. So be careful with Caleb Smith. Um, and I think that's it as far as our mentions. Let's get into some picks. Let's do it. You want to go your first? first one? You, you got uh, okay, I'll go first. My first one is Kwang Young Kim mm. for St. Louis. Now, obviously, uh, we were going with a roster rate threshold here as opposed to like a ranking, which is good because I could see him being at 50% of rosters. But as far as like a high ranking, it's tough because of the strikeouts. So he's a team context fit. If you need strikeouts, you can't really consider him, even if he's like the best guy on the wire. And you have to be smart about guys like this. That And, and the other way, too, if you have a big strikeout guy, but his whip's really bad and you have whip issues, well, then don't get him. We're getting to the point where you can start picking your puzzle pieces that best fit your team. So if you need ratios and you're okay with strikeouts, Kwang Hyun Kim can be your guy. I know the whip is tracking a bit high right now, but when I look at him, he's somebody that I don't fear is going to be a massive whip guy. I think the hit rate can come down, and I think the walk rate's been a little bit elevated by a five-walk outing against Miami of all teams. He still ended up pitching well that game, six innings, one run with six strikeouts, which is actually kind of interesting for Kim because he's not a big strikeout guy. But I think he's somebody that can give you a, a good number of innings and be a consistent starter, and at the very released be what i call a team streamer somebody that after you use him you're not cutting him you're just putting him on your reserve uh and and thus not treating him like a standard streamer so i like kim i think uh, i'm okay with this strikeout rate if you can afford it the whip will come down from one three two and i think the era is about where it should be three six somewhere between three six and three nine i think is where he's going to be with hopefully a 123 whip or better so he can shave sure. nine ten points off of that I uh, man, it's been interesting with with Kim over the past couple of weeks, and I, I like this pick a lot because he could totally do a Vargas rule, right? He can yes. totally just like go off and like, all right, I'm doing six innings a night. That's not damaging to your team. So you go and do that. For so like you start riding it and just yeah, yeah you you go you for go. at least a, a Vargas rule is. You don't get rid of him. It's a guy who's overperforming, but you don't get rid of him at the first sign of trouble. But if you get back to back duds, you're out. Yeah, and this uh, goes yeah. back to Jason Vargas four or five years we, ago we when we knew it wasn't real with Vargas. That, we knew that it was wasn't, but it yeah. was like 15 starts. Right. So like just kept. So there going. are certain guys like that one. It was like, oh yeah, we do the double rule. Some cases we just do the one where it's like, we're just going to go until you hit that one wall. And then, and we're then like, you're out. Yeah, okay. Casey, yeah. a bye. But yeah, Var- uh, Kim could do that. It's interesting. The last four starts have been, um, he had this uh, start against the, he actually had two starts over 90 pitches. And then he got hurt in a start against the Reds. So he only threw 47 of that one, three innings. And he came back against Miami um, just over 10, 10 days later. Uh, that's why I think the walks were there. Still not quite yeah. in rhythm. Over 100 pitches. But then the the Cardinals are like, you know what? In your next start, we're only going to let you throw 47 of them. We're dialing it down. What are, they you, went, what are you doing? They went super <laughs> dial down there. And I wonder if... 
it being a part of a doubleheader since it was only seven innings is why maybe they did that, but it was surprising. Uh, Yeah, I guess that's my biggest hesitation, but this is not for next start. It's for the next four or five weeks or whatever. Exactly. Then, so that's a, it's a good call there, but yeah, the very short term with Kim, it's like, I, I don't know how many pitches he's going to get the next time. He just threw 47. Yeah. So they don't seem to know how many he's going to get from time to time, but But, I do think he's somebody to keep a close eye on. And because he was uh, on the IL somewhat recently, his availability is still pretty high. Oh yeah. Slider, slider curveball are the, are the two pitches there that really get a lot of strikes for, uh, for, for Kim. I mean, it's a 67% uh, strike rate on the slider right now, which is pretty dang good. I, I love that. I love that. And that, I think that can really drive his success and maybe even foster, maintaining that 20% K rate, which is not good. Don't get me wrong, but he was at 16% last year. And I I can take a 20 to 21% mark. Um, All right. Who's your first non Sandoval pick since we uh, joint picked him. Let's just, let's just stick with the angels, right? Uh, Alex Cobb is kind of good. I guess. Yes. Yes. Why? 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 Because he's got, what's he got? He's got the thing. The thing. The thing is working. Um, In the last start, believe it or not, he had 14 whiffs on 40 of them thrown. That's really cool. Uh, really and if you're good. able to get called strikes as well with your fastball, which you did in this one, you had 10 of them on 56 thrown. Uh, that will work. It was the Tigers, you know, was your boys. And he has had fortunate matchups lately. It was Seattle and Arizona. And honestly, in those two games, it was 10 combined earned runs. At the same time, the thing was kind of there. And it just That's- didn't really go for his way for Seattle. It it wasn't very good against Arizona. I'm not going to say it was there. But that's been kind but, of the weird part, though, too, is he's tracking with that higher ERA despite where the whip and the core skills have been for him. Yeah, I mean, the the thing really wasn't there against Arizona. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna beat around the bush. Yeah, but but two out of the last three, it has. There's been more consistency with it overall, and I could see a case where he's just going and destroying it. And he has some name value where he could be over 50 percent owned as well. I agree. Uh, if he does go off in the next uh, next four starts or so. He gets his former team this weekend along with Sandoval in Tampa Bay mm. and then also gets Baltimore. So he's on the same track as Sandoval right now. He pitches the day before him. So um, as the series line up, they're going to be getting the same matchups there. And I'm, I like Cobb. I've been using him a bit uh, earlier this year when he got off to a good start against the White Sox. And he'd been tracking really well until the Seattle-Arizona double there where he gave up five in both of those. But like you said, the Seattle one, if you watched it, was a lot better than five earned makes you think. It was one bad inning. And there are two really good consistencies of those three good ones. Oakland, Seattle, and Detroit, three of his last four games. Uh, One is he threw at least 98 pitches in each of them. Love that. Which is good. And you want that volume, that opportunity to to, go seven innings. That ceiling is great. And also, I didn't mention before, his curveball has been getting a lot of called strikes. And those are free strikes that set up that splitter really effectively. So if he's able to do both of those things, go deeper with uh, pitch counts. The the Angels are so happy to have anyone that gets volume these days. I know. Uh, This could turn out well. You know, they're only two games under. Really? Yeah. Oh man! Well, they got to they got to like win the division though, because AL East is just too it's good. it's going to be really difficult. But uh, you know, they get Rendon going, and they it's get some back. pitching here with our yeah. two guys, and they get Fishboy back. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe there's a summer run in there finally. Oh, but that would be maybe, so great. I maybe they dug themselves too big a hole. But I'm I'm pulling for them just because I want to see Trout and Otani in the playoffs. Exactly. Who doesn't? That's like good for baseball. You know? Exactly. Yeah. Like unless unless you are an AL West fan, and I understand that you need your team to do well, you should be rooting for the Angels. Like 
because we want them in October so bad. Like, I, I don't even beat around the bush here. I know I'm a Yankee fan at heart, but I want the Angels to win the World Series. I think Come that's on. So great. <laughs> well, I desperately want that. I'm a thousand percent with you. Bundy um, returns and he oh. stays healthy. and uh, It'd be great. Like there, there are paths. It, it does start. <laughs> the ifs do start to add up, but there are paths right. to where maybe they can make something happen. Yep. All right. My, my second guy here, somebody mm-hmm. that I really loved coming into the year. He didn't win the job. I moved off of him because he was just kind of relieving. But then Cleveland has had an injury to everyone who isn't. Uh, <laughs> who, who's the last man standing there? There's one. There's one non-IL guy. Oh no, no, isn't Savali no. going on the IL? No, Savali is. Yeah, yeah. So it's everyone. Yeah, yeah, they're all yeah, gone with his finger. <laughs> so they're all gone. Literally everyone who opened for them is gone. Beaver, Plesak, Savali, Allen, McKenzie. For, they're either in the minors or on the IL, which opens the door for my boy, Cal Quantrill, who's already been starting a little bit recently. And, <clears throat> excuse me, I mentioned the the concept earlier of like, you know, certain teams uh, draw some attention from me just kind of based on what they've been able to do with pitchers. Cleveland's definitely one of them. And that's kind of what brought me onto the Quantrill train. I was like, hey, he might have an opportunity. They've been doing well developing guys. I know he's, you know, he doesn't have overwhelming stuff, but frankly, if, if you pitch for Cleveland, you don't even need a good fastball. They, they prefer if your fastball sucks, in fact. Hmm. Um, but I, I I do look at him and I see that the stuff is is a little bit limited. But I think he's been making it work pretty nicely uh, here recently with his uh, abbreviated starts, let's call them, because he's gone, well, this was a two-inning relief, and then four innings, five innings against Baltimore and Pittsburgh. You can't get a much better landing to get in the rotation than Baltimore and, and Pittsburgh. Very true. Um, especially Baltimore against righties. Like you said, they do well against lefties, but not against righties. So I do like that aspect of, uh, of that, but I don't want to overrate that because he already faced those guys. But he gets Minnesota and the and Detroit next two times out, and those don't scare me as much. Um, especially Detroit, of course. But even Minnesota, I don't know. They're kind of they're kind of hit and miss, and they lost they lost Buxton Whoa. yet again. And so I don't I don't immediately run from them. Is, is all I'm saying. They're, yeah, they're still I, worrisome, but they're not terrifying. Well, I mean, when you, when you told me Cal Quantrill, I thought in my head, I was like, well, yeah, but he's not stretched up. I was like, oh, right. It's four to five weeks from now. And yeah, Cleveland, yeah, we, we have a Cleveland window. is going to be hurting here, and they're going to at least let Cal Quantrill develop more. And I, I, I've been saying this a good amount in the roundups because it's really fun to say it. Um, there are a lot of times we watch these guys and we're watching development happen. We talk yes. about it all the time. Yes. Oh yeah, we're going. Oh yeah, I want to see a year. He'll develop through the year and get better and stuff. But we don't actually ever like sit there and think like, oh, this is development. This is High what it looks like. We, we want we want the after. We want to get yeah, right. through the development. The guy's ready. But you can oftentimes see. Oh look, he used his slider X percentage more this time. That's development. You know things like that. I totally agree with you. You yeah. brought that up on OTC as well, and, and I was like, and, yes. Dude. <laughs> and a development is a fluctuation too so it means mm-hmm. that you're gonna have a start where it works and then it's not but then it's gonna w- work two times and then it's not you know that's generally w- how it works so right now with cal quantrill i think a lot of people listen like all right the, you know the strikeout rate is under 19 percent right now it's maybe you know he's not stretched out sure but you know what you're saying month ahead these things can improve. The changeup can be better. I remember actually back when he was with the Padres, there was a moment I was like, oh, this changeup actually can maybe be something. Uh, maybe the slider can be that more consistent with pitch that we want it to be. 
I uh, and hey, it's a near 20, 10% swing strike rate on four seamers right now. Yeah, there's a little areas in each. There's a little, yeah, back. there's little nibbles here that could be put together. And again, I sprinkle a little extra on Cleveland's development. And if they've got some plans for him, maybe we got something here. So again, this is a guy I loved coming into the year. He now has the opportunity. So I'm back in. I've I've scooped him in a couple leagues and I'm I'm gonna be open to putting him at least on my bench in some deeper leagues and i think he can play himself into some 12 team viability you know so actually uh, you know in passing here very quickly uh there's another cleveland guy that's kind of interesting there are two of them john carlos but isn't the worst thing ever and uh and sam henches actually from the left side it's not bad he's those 94 and he's got a really nice breaker that falls off the table at times and justin was bringing him up the other day on the pod and said you know because we look at those surface numbers and if you haven't watched henches you're like, okay, what is Nick talking about? This dude's trash. If you've been watching, especially recently, his last three outings, we're starting to see, and we've seen it in fits and starts, and this is a great point, the, your development point from earlier, right? Mm. The two bad starts are carrying so much weight for him right now, or, or two bad outings, I should say, because one was a relief appearance. One and two-thirds for both of them for Henches, six and five earned. So that's 11 of his 23 earned coming in two disaster outings. And if you caught either of those, you're like, well, this guy's trash. But that's that development we're talking about. And if it's more, you know, as he progresses, it's too good, one bad. Three good, one bad. That's where we can start to get something from him. I like that call out there. And tell me a little bit more about uh, JC Mejia, Juan Carlos Mejia, because I'm unfamiliar with him. I have not seen him. Well, first with uh, with just to end it on on henches here, uh, his slider, believe it or not, it has a 21% swing strike rate right now. Ooh. uh, Which is like, ooh, that ain't so bad. And then you have a 32% CSW on his curveball. And he throws 95 on his four-seamer. So it's That's a foundation right there. Yeah, and that's from the left side. And... Oh, maybe. Just just maybe. He's at about 60 pitches now. They'll push him farther. And then, yeah, mm-hmm. in a month, that could be interesting. So, yeah, don't completely count him out because of what you see right now, which is a 6-4 ERA and a 1-9 whip. Uh, that's well, not right. And, and another thing, too, it's like um, we need to get on guys like this because the waiver wires are picked over. You're not going to find somebody with like a great ERA and whip or, or like perfect strikeout and walk numbers. Like the point is at, at, at this juncture in the season, in a lot of leagues, you have to find somebody that the outward numbers aren't necessarily there or else you're going to have a hard time finding guys to pick up. You know, right. that's, that's how I feel at this point in the season. Sir. Sure. So, so quickly on John Carlos Mejia, um, it's really just that I kind of like a slider, and that's okay. about it. It's sure. not even it's not even that amazing. He just gets a lot of strikes with it. Uh, he throws it confidently, um, and maybe that can turn into something. Maybe that changeup develops along the way. Uh, if I had to put my if I personally had to rank, I'd probably put Henches slightly above Quantrill, but then yeah, he, he would be the last one. That, okay. That's the that's the one there. Okay, I, mean, I, I I can't help myself. When I see a twenty one percent swing miss. Slider, I mean, that's, like, all right, let's go. <laughs> that's bananas. Like I, yeah, I, I didn't even know that. So I I really like that. Um, all right, your second pick here. Ooh, we got- uh, oh man, um, it's a guy who had one start with zero whiffs on thirty six sliders, and then another night on on May thirty first had a golden goal that is the most whiffs at the highest CSW of anyone. How, majors that night. How? I don't get it. I don't get it. He just did it. He had 22 whiffs that night. 14 on four seamers. This is Joe Ross. <laughs> yep. I don't... 
I mean, I should say on fastballs because he throws a mix of four-seamers and sinkers. But yeah, this is a guy who I've written off a lot. I, I've been texting with someone who's like, hey, how about Joe Ross? I was like, I don't think so. And then, of how course, he has his seven runs against uh, the Diamondbacks and ten against the Cardinals. And you think, no way. And it there is it is tumultuous. I understand this. But he's getting these opportunities. He had an eight-inning, nine-strikeout game against the Giants and then goes five innings and five earned runs against the Mets. But... There's a chance, there's an idea here that, that Ross can really get that slider back to, like, to what it used to be in 2015, uh, if you remember that before Tommy John. Mm-hmm. And he has a decent oh, been, mix of oh, fastballs. So, I've been a long-term fan of him. I bought in on him so many different times. Dude. Oh, man, I know. I was so in. And that's back in the day where I was like, sinkers are everything. I'm yes. Like, okay, hold on a second. <laughs> we, we learned. Let's we learned that. <laughs> There was a time when, uh, you know, that's that was the, you know, pitch du jour was get those sinkers, man. Get those ground balls. We're going to shift and we're going to play those play those sinkers. Absolutely. Uh, but, but for these days, I mean, it's a mix. You want to have a good ground ball rate if you can, but it's it's whiff first, grounder second. Yes. Uh, Ross doesn't really get grounders much anymore. It's actually sub 40 percent. Uh, but overall, I see a guy that the, the Nationals are letting go long in games now who has showcased flashes of high CSW rates and whiffs on sliders and fastballs. There's a chance it all comes together post all-star break. I, I, I hear you. And, and part of the reason that I, I agree with that, and maybe that's, that's a faulty reason is because I've been bought in before. I mean, I, I didn't buy in for no reason before though. There was, there was talent here that I thought Joe Ross could parlay. I, I always liked his brother too, despite understanding oh, yeah, the flaws. Yeah. The, 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 the health and inconsistency uh, that was present in big brother is still there with, with younger brother. You know, but you know, back in 2018, I think I wrote an article for you that was titled, Oh, right. Tyson Ross exists. Yes, I remember, and because he was he was spiking, and uh, all of a sudden it was like, oh yeah, right, he's a thing. I guess because that's yeah. that's what he liked to do. He would go through and just be like, hey, I'm going to be good for a little bit, and then I'm going to get hurt or be ungood for yep a well, bit longer. I mean, Tyson had that no hit bid that destroyed his career, and as we as it was going on, this was I think I don't know in Arizona. I believe as it was going on, we knew that he shouldn't be pitching still. No chance. No chance. And thankfully they've, they have evolved on that. Remember the Ross stripling one. That was like, that was a good line of demarcation where he was just coming back and they took him out. No questions asked. And they didn't even buckle. The Dodgers didn't. And his father was like, uh, I think he talked to David, David Roberts and said, Thank you for protecting my son. Like he was public about saying mm-hmm. this was the right thing. I really appreciate it. And I think that helped people understand like, hey, no hitters are great and all, but stop. We're not going to put somebody right. at risk for one. And I, I think that was a, a a turning point for people understanding yeah. that like you don't just push guys uh, for no reason on these no hit bids. You know, speaking of which, uh, Jake Odorizzi had a no-hit bid of five innings and was pulled. Yes, he did. And he's at 26%, in case you're wondering. Because when I first did this, I was like, this is going to be the Odorizzi and Ross Stripling podcast. And <laughs> both of them are above now, barely. So, I, so I, I'm a sucker yeah. for both. So I'm, I'm absolutely I'm right there. But uh, I definitely, with Odorizzi, I, I like him. That They've got an interesting situation developing there with, oh, yeah. uh, with the way they're going to play their rotation. I think, I think... Garcia being in right now is 
actually more of if you can you can spin it to say it's more of a um vote of confidence in christian javier because i think they want javier down the stretch and i think mm. garcia's innings are going to be managed in the summer in the dog days and javier is going to go back into the rotation so i'm not saying they're anti-garcia but i'm saying they're letting him go now but he can't he's not going to go 200 innings so there has right. to be a time period where he's going to be pulled out i think this is saying that they like javier more they want him in august and september that's my that's my theory I think that's a good theory to have. Um, I, I I imagine Houston sees, oh wait, we're in we have this great problem now of Garcia actually being really good. Yeah, and all it of is our a guys are healthy all of a sudden, so uh, we're just gonna go off and 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 start all these guys, and then we're gonna have Javier in bullpen. Great, now we can manage these innings and. All this stuff is wonderful. As oh my god, there's Charlotte. I'm sorry, you guys can't see Charlotte, but I can see Charlotte, and that's matter. That's what matters. Henry's here too, but he's chilling down there. Anyway, mm. um, yeah, didn't need to derail <laughs> you there, but yeah, Houston's got some good things going, and I think we've uncovered some guys here that folks can start to put at least put on their watch list, keep an eye on, because Nick, I think this is going to be a really weird and frankly difficult summer to put innings together. Um, yeah. A lot of guys are going to start getting times off like spot skipped or phantom ILs because all these guys can't go 200, right? There's right. going to be some that exceed. And I don't think that teams are going to be like super rigorous and be like, this is the inning that we're pulling him, but they're, they're not going to push it too, too far to, like I said, to be pushing 180 and 200 for all these guys. Like we heard the brewers were active uh, out front saying like a hundred more, a hundred more. Right. Yep. I think they'll push a little bit on that 110, 115, maybe for more sure. for some guys, but there's still going to be time missed and it's going to be from studs. And I think managing innings in the summer, it's going to make leagues more volatile than they might normally be in August and September, because one of the great things about, uh, ratio stats, ERA, WHIP, and of course batting average on the hitting end is that people can come down. The problem with counting, counting categories is you're going going up, up, up. You might hold stagnant, but for the most part, you're just going up. With with ratios, people can come back, oh, and yeah. there's going to be some you know streamers that people take a chance on. They're going to give up nine earned, and it's going to alter the standings in August more so than we would have seen. That's my theory, at least. I, I think. I think I think it's right. We're going to it's a case also where there's so many injuries. Yes. That's that for me. It's like it's it's a double edged sword because obviously I don't want these great pitchers getting hurt. It, it pains me immensely. John means was doing so well. Then all we of a sudden, oh my, you're going to take this away from me. Right. At the same time, generally what injuries do is they give opportunities for guys that would normally get it. And so we all of a sudden find Sammy Long, you know, yes. he's doing things or. I, I don't well, know. Luis I mean, Garcia even getting his chance. Exactly. Like right. he might Great not example. have gotten this full on chance. And now all of a sudden he's a thing for that. Right. Ross Stripling was out of the rotation in the beginning. If you remember yep. that. So and he got an opportunity it, to alter his mechanics, come back. And now he looks more like Dodgers Ross Stripling, at least in terms of performance. He's actually doing a few things differently. And, but and if yeah, there's anything that I think we can certainly agree on, too, is that when it comes to July, uh, there are a lot of managers that just don't pay as much attention. They're looking at football. They're doing other things. I mean, thousand out. percent. So that means that the guys that are not already rostered, the ones that are coming up or actually getting more opportunities, you can grab those a lot easier than you would have if they did well in April. Or like when, so, or like Manoa. You know, like when yeah. Manoa came up, he was a billion dollars. There might be a guy who maybe isn't quite as high on the fanfare, but has a similar skill set. 
it's gonna be markedly cheaper in July and exactly. August for the football reason that you mentioned with you know, fantasy managers. No, you know who? Wouldn't, I didn't even know Kyle Muller is. I was like, who? Oh, he got same. This guy pitched, and like, oh, that's actually kind of interesting. I didn't you know, know who Tucker Davidson happen. was before yeah. him, or how Oscar you know, uh, like, that, right. like they've had three guys come up this year, and we know the player pool pretty well, and. I don't, I don't want to speak for you not knowing Davidson and, and Noah. I knew oh, Noah's no. name, but I didn't know anything about Davidson or Noah or Muller. So, yeah, I, I think it creates all these great opportunities. And if you're if you're on pitcher list, if you're on fan graphs, listening to our stuff, we're going to try to keep you educated on these players to bring home those titles because I think it's going to be a lot of movement in the summer standings, opportunities to make big moves. So don't quit. You've got to keep grinding. But Nick, it's the best part. <laughs> great speaking with you. I'd love to oh, do yeah. another fireside next week. Maybe maybe get on our weekly routine mm. and uh, maybe we'll do another deep dive on a solo player again because I, I got a few candidates in mind, but I'll, I'll, oh, I'll, I'll make you aware of those. Dylan over the Bundy. It will not be Dylan Bundy. It will not be Luis Castillo. It'll, it'll, be, a, it'll be a completely, I, the, the list I have on my phone right now, I have three guys and I just have, oh, a, yeah? it's just a fireside list. Yeah. Of, Here, like, potential if you want to say it right now, people can certainly voice their opinion as to who we should do. Um, I will yeah. put them out on the weekend, but I w- they all are starting soon, so I oh, want okay. them to so get. Don't want it. Yeah, that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, I want them to get their next start here. Before, and but I, I can send them to you. Of like, here's some guys I'm keeping an eye on, and I, I might want to do a fireside can on. Not all. I'm making a guess on one. Okay, Patrick Corbin. Okay. He's on the don't, list. I knew don't, it. don't hack my phone, dude. Don't hack my phone. Of course he it's is. It's got to because he just did two good starts. All right, exactly. very quickly. Very exactly. quickly, a slider, slider whiffs aren't above double digits yet. So I don't care yet until okay. I see that. Well, and we'll see what he does against Miami on Saturday. Uh, that's not a great <laughs> challenge because here's the thing. He's going to do well against Miami on Saturday. People are going to pay big bucks for him, and he starts against the Dodgers next week with Corbin. So oh, that reminds that. me of one more thing. Yes. Zach Thompson's kind of cool. <laughs> meant to put him on on our cursory it's kind of cool yes it's got a good cutter it's really cool that's it okay i, that's I won't it. go any further than that but <laughs> no keep keep his name in your mind zach thompson for the marlins he's had some good innings already and they've they've been churning out guys left and right cody poteet had a little flash and of course yep. trevor rogers is somebody that obviously he's a, an established stud now but he kind of came out of nowhere last year so they are a team that that develops pitching quite well so zach thompson i like that call he starts against washington on saturday against patrick corbin oh we'll see what happens that should be so cool. nick always yes. great speaking with you staying toasty by the fire let's do it again next week always a pleasure hanging with you by the fire Thanks for listening to today's Fireside Chat with Paul Spore and Nick Pollock. Follow both Paul and Nick on Twitter at Spore and at PitcherList.